tuning in to the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! The show just started. The show just started, but Julie has no predictions, everybody. Just letting you know. Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Mando Velasquez. Welcome to an edition of The Blacklist on AfterBuzz. Uh, Joe Braswell is not here this week. He is out somewhere looking for things with sex on it. That's the best. He's gonna put some sex. He's on gonna it. put some sex on, sex on it. it. Hashtag sex on it. Yes. Yeah, so Braz will be back next week. But joining me, covered in sex, across, covered in that, <laughs> covered in that is uh, well, right across from me, Mr. Joe Sanfilippo. Nice to be here with you guys. And then my favorite, Julia Carroll. Oh well, hello, Julia Carroll. Julia Carroll. You're my favorite, Julia Carroll. I'm your favorite, Julia Carroll. You're the only one I know, but you are my favorite. Well, if there's another it. one, maybe that one will be I my favorite. I will wear that crown, and I will wear it yeah. proudly. I know 27 Julia Carrollys, and, and you are number three. <laughs> no questions asked. What's a girl got to do? And we <laughs> we opened up with the talking head psycho killer. Just I thought it was appropriate since uh, this this was pretty uh, the blacklister this week was pretty much dealing with psychosis, dealing okay. with an ab, you know an abnormality. Uh, the extreme warrior gene, Dr. Linus Creel, number 82. Number 82. Yes, number 82. Very interesting, uh, very interesting blacklister. Uh, played by, by the way, if you guys are familiar with Breaking Bad, he was Gale on Breaking Bad. That's where I knew him from. That's Gale, yeah. Yes. David Constable's the name yes. of the actor, but he yes. He was wonderful. Yeah, he was wonderful as this, uh, as this creepy, as his creepy little scientist, uh, yeah, so very creepy. Pulling out the hair, yeah. pulling out oh, the that hair, was an interesting rubbing choice. it on his face, what? rubbing on his face. I thought he, I thought he had a microphone there for a second. He was kind of talking into uh, it. It was really, really he did. He weird. Did have a he had a tape and, and, uh, yeah, he had the tape recorder and his hair. So oh. he's mixing it together. You know, it's just like, oh, there's just so much wrong with that. So much wrong with that. But yeah, we open up pretty much as far as the blacklist is concerned, uh, seeing, you know, a scene that I think a lot of people can deal with. A woman lost, losing her house, about to get a foreclosure, going to the bank, lost her job, everything, and, uh, she goes back to her car, takes out a gun, and starts shooting up the place. Looks like a normal, otherwise normal woman who just under bad, you know, set of bad circumstances all of a sudden becomes incredibly violent and we see this mysterious Dr. Linus Creel uh, you know analyzing the whole thing and recording it as if it's some kind of experiment do you know what I liked about that shooting scene if you can like something about a shooting scene <laughs> <The> way, <yeah. laughs> it was a very realistic um, not glamorized shooting scene and it really kind of gave me the willies it creeped me out like you could see that happening at any time so uh yeah i don't know that well, just... i think that was the whole episode right is he he took normal people yeah who happen to have this gene this right? extreme warrior gene yes but there's nothing else wrong with them there's no there, and he, he the whole idea was right he's going to push them and prod them until they do it mm-hmm. and as I'm, I'm listening to each one what he did i'm i'm thinking of my own life i'm like my god yeah you could really these are the fulcrums in people's lives mm-hmm. these are the places you can wedge people into doing some crazy-ish. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I love these openings when you can kind of relate to them. When it's something <laughs> a little creepy, kind of preys on your worst fears, or even just it just seem very realistic. And I could see sure. that as a situation. Yeah, it seemed like somewhat. it would take you completely off guard. It's just a normal looking woman. Yeah, there's there was nothing um, fantastic saying, about it. You know, it wasn't like a big epic speech and then yeah. this perfect aim. She was just sort of flailing around with a gun. We're not saying that normal people can do this. We're just saying that you know we could totally understand this person really uh, hard in their luck. Because we live in America, normal people can shoot each other every day of the week. That's right, as an American. What's, what's the name of that Michael Douglas movie where he loses it? Falling, um, down. falling down. Falling down. Kind of like falling down. Absolutely. <laughs> you have you have a right that is protected by an arms industry that to buy and sell and shoot as many uh, people as you want. Let's not get into yeah. politics. <laughs> That's a whole right another podcast. We could have smiled. Let's uh, let's uh, let's move from uh, the from the blacklister and talk a little bit about Naomi. We'll get back and forth here, but. Uh, uh, you know, last week we ended the episode with Naomi slapping Red, and uh, yeah, a big, too. a big old slap. So we get to learn a little bit, uh, you know, in the opening moments as well uh, about their relationship and uh, a little bit more about what that slap was about. And uh, well, we learned that obviously Red, as we figured out, is looking for Jennifer. Uh, she doesn't want to give him any information on Jennifer. She talks a lot about. She actually talks about Lizzie on how much Lizzie knows. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious, even though she's shared scenes with Lizzie in the past, that uh, that she was hiding something. We still don't know exactly what. Well, there are no answers in any of their scenes. No. You felt like you were on the brink of getting an answer, mm-hmm. but everything was spoken sort of in clues and innuendo. And um, so I, I felt kind of duped. I felt Ooh. I felt satisfied, but then completely unsatisfied because yeah. I never really learned anything. But just seeing him yeah. have these interactions. But we know that that slap wasn't a completely hatred. She was uh, more, I, I don't think that slap was from, you know, as, as angry as we saw it last week. There was a little bit of more color in there. Well, absolutely. Yeah. So we're learning a little bit about their relationship. I, this is what the blacklist does to me every single time. Yeah. Like it, it, it hints the idea of getting an answer, but never gives me an I answer. I think they just keep moving the goal line. They're like, they're like, well, I mean, because, you know, if, if it's it not going to go, season. if it's not going to go past season one, all right, well, we got a mystery and crap, we're not going to get season two. Let's end the, mi- well, we'll give them the ending. Yeah. But we got season two. Mm-hmm. We probably have season three and four. Three. Yeah. So, um, stretch that ish. That's, that's how this works. Yeah, I guess so. So, you know, I, and I think you want my opinion. You want my, my secret opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think they're changing the rules here. I think that the writing staff has taken a look at the amount of people on the interwebs who believe firmly that Red is Lizzie's dad. Otherwise, the show is kind of weird. And I think they're setting up. I think they're setting up a thing where Red is definitely Lizzie's dad. Even though last season they had him say that he wasn't, and you can always Red always tells I, the truth. But this season he hasn't told as many truths, and he's been a little more aloof, and he's been a little more gray. And I think people lie on this show. It's possible. That, I'm thinking Jennifer and Lizzie. I think they're twins. That's what I think. And I and Ooh. I think Naomi and Red are the mom and, the mom and dad. And I save think maybe some. They, save some for predictions, buddy. Save whatever. Some. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what I think right there. Y'all can tell me I'm Julie wrong. Julie doesn't have any predictions. You're giving all yours away already. We're going to have nothing for the end of the show. What's going on here? I'll probably rehash. That's what I'll do. Uh, yeah, you will rehash. You're good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's been So a couple of the things before we move on uh, about this is uh, that I thought was interesting is, uh, you know, she, she says, I gave up one life. I'm not going to start over. So, you know, still a question mark as to how her and Red parted ways and and why she ended up moving to Philly and having this life 
You know, so I, I feel like there still is, again, there's a relationship between the two of them. We see later on that Red says he considers Naomi like an estranged sister. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily love her like a wife anymore, but he still, but there's love. He still has love for her and still obviously values her a lot, even if he's not getting what he wants in the location of Jennifer at the moment. He still wants to treat her right. And uh, the other thing is obviously she's lying to. Uh, you know, she's lying to Frank about all of this, and she says, Frank has never lied to me in my life. Oh, oh that's that so not true. That's so Frank. not true, as we find out a little bit later on. You know, that guy. But... You know anyway. what I love? I love about fake TV morality. I love, <laughs> I love that Red, who is a serial killer if ever there was one, arms dealer, whatever, whenever, mm-hmm. Red, super duper criminal. Right? Red takes the high ground when it comes to cheating on your wife. You just don't do that, Frank. You just don't do that. Well, you don't do that to Naomi. You don't do that to my ex, yeah. So, Slash Carla. So I'm gonna I'm gonna dig I'm gonna dig this guy out. It was very fun. I just love that that the moment, and it's such a, it's a nice moment. You have to give the, the main character as many moments of righteous indignation as you can. Yeah, of course. I mean, because you know it's important. But well, uh, I always find that hilarious. Well, we've seen how Red will go to the ends of the earth for somebody that he cares about. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, he's doing all this. He wants to protect Jennifer. He even says, I want to protect Jennifer. That's why I want to know where she is. And he obviously has, uh, he wants to protect Naomi. That's why he's willing to give her passports, give her everything that she needs for a new life away from um, Witness, you know, Witsec, just to, to have her own life someplace else with Frank. And she doesn't want to uh, make Frank upend his whole life with his two daughters, his his completely moral high ground life yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to do this. His completely, you know, sainthood, the sainthood of a man. <laughs> to move on. And it is funny to me that somebody really wants to go back to Philly that bad. I mean, it's so horrible. Uh, I'm sorry, well, Philly. You saw the high life really they were sorry. living with those daytime wine That's true. parties. Daytime uh, daytime. martinis and cocktails. Yeah, yes. That was pretty you fancy. You want to go back to that, too. That was pretty you fancy. You walk away from this. <laughs> But anyway, so I mean, part of the reason why Red has Naomi hold up where she does, uh, where she is right now, is also to keep her away from Lizzie because you know Lizzie obviously wants to find out more information. Mm-hmm. The FBI wants to learn more, and this is all to protect. So Lizzie is calling Red, trying to find out. Really cute little banter about uh, you know uh, her telling uh, telling Red if she sent if if he sent her to uh, Slavank. I would never send anyone I care about to, with to Slavank. And, uh, Slavank. 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 And you know what? I, I can't take, say I that. Take, I take Slavank. Slavank. I love. Solvang. Do you? Where is Solvang? It's, it's a little like bit north. It's by two and a half, three hours north of here. Yes. Oh, you, really? If you yeah. go up the five, you will find a lovely little town called Buellton where they have split pea soup. Oh, and you want to make a right Anderson's. at Buellton and go in a little bit, and you're gonna you're gonna basically find a cute little Dutch village mm-hmm. called Solvang. And it's this it's this tiny little hamlet. Is oh. it possible that it's named after another city? No. No, no, no. Like Paris, Paris, Texas. Like Paris, Texas is named after another no, city. No, this is there's no, this one is and only this is, and, and Okay, just checking. <laughs> it is a lovely little little Dutch town, and uh-huh. it is. Um, I was founded by Dutch immigrants, and all the little the little uh, little bed and breakfasts, and all the the breakfast joints, and all the bakeries are all Dutch, and they're lovely. And if you don't like solving, you're a bad person. Well, apparently, Red doesn't like solving, or at least he wouldn't it. he wouldn't take anyone he cares about to solving. It's a lovely place. I'm gonna have to check. I'm gonna have to do some. I'm gonna do some research on solving. I like solving. In Apparently, all I'm learning this more. We'll and see more. you soon, Solving. Well, anyway, so <laughs> you know, I didn't mean to go in order on this, but it seems like I am doing yeah, this so far. But anyway, here's the thing. So, uh, so Red gets uh, the FBI, of course, on this case for Dr. Linus Creel to figure out about these random people who are committing acts of violence. They have no prior criminal records, and here they are killing people. So There's uh, a killing spree in D.C., it seems. It's a killing spree in D.C. in the general area. So they're on the case as far as trying to figure out 
more information about this. And it's obvious that, you know, Liz brings it up. You're just doing, everyone's bringing it up. You're just doing this to distract us from Naomi. Just to distract us from trying to hunt down Naomi. Clearly. And clearly it's true. That's the one interesting thing about this episode. The past couple of episodes, we've seen that Red has benefited in some way financially or getting rid of something by by having the FBI go for this blacklist, by having the task force go for the blacklister. But this time we didn't really see any end result from this uh, or any connection out of this. So uh, was this well, a distraction or was this something more? I don't know. Uh, agent Navabi, she, she's an agent now already? Yeah, she's, I she's assigned to the task force. They called her agent. Oh, did they? Yeah. So does the FBI just accrete people? Like if I if I get a little intel, can right, I be an deal? agent? Do, do we hang out? Is there a certain amount of time we have to hang out inside the super secret bunker before we become an agent? Well, she's like, part of the, she's part of the task force. So All right, agent. I know, she in. just asked her way in. <laughs> she works from a side. Like, hey, can I do it? Can, can I, I do it? Can me? I do it? Me next? I thought the FBI had like a whole thing where you had to go through a training you thing. Would and imagine. Had, then you were given a test. Apparently not. Um, uh, I forgot my whole point about this, though. About well, we have righteous indignation <laughs> oh, about oh, agents. Oh no, no, no! Uh, Navabi, uh, Samar Navabi, at the very end when she handed Lizzie the um, the her file her that file that, the, uh, that Dr. Creel had created on her, she asked, "Do you think Red knew that you would that he would do this test on you that you would get these sort of answers?" Mm. So maybe. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's possible. I mean, the only other thing I could think of, the only other connection I heard was they, when they started looking into this sub, was it subsection seven? I have to look it up. Yeah, Subproject yeah, seven. Subproject seven. Yeah, they claimed it was a, it was uh, funded by DIA, which I didn't look up, but it was a black ops operation, mm-hmm. and it kind of reminded me of the bank from two episodes ago, where we found out that the government was actually funneling uh, black ops. Uh, money through there to, to, to fund their operations. So I feel like that might be the only connection. Although Dr. Creel has nothing really to do with Subproject 7 other than the fact that he was in that old photo. Well, he was, he was involved and then Subproject 7 got scrapped. It was done. Yeah, yeah it was scrapped. And well, this is something about the character I really like because mm-hmm. I've met, I, 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 you know, I know a good number of older engineers and some of them are this way where you get, they get their teeth into something and their heads work in such a way that they cannot, when it's over, yeah. they're not prepared to let it go. Mm. And then they, if they've found, especially if they've found another way to solve whatever problem they're working on and the project's over, they're not done. Like, no, I found a way for us to do this thing that the project was set out to do and it's over. I'm not done. I'm going to figure it out. And I love that they took this and extrapolated this into a character who will, who will just for the sake of showing everyone, no, I figured this out. Yeah. This is a real thing I can fix. Here I'll, I'll create the problem that I that I've you know been able to fix. I, I like that. I like that they and I think they did a very good job creating the character. What was it? What's, your, what's the actor's name? You had it. It was to, David. Uh, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. David Constable. Constable. Yeah. Very very good job. I thought he, he captured that that engineer that that technician uh, that 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 essence. Really, I, I really loved well. it. All I could I could have used some classical music, some opera. From Breaking Bad, <laughs> from his character <laughs> Gale, I could use a little bit of that in there too. No, actually, no. Really well done, and and really, as we start delving into this case and finding out about this uh, about this sub project seven and meeting Haskell. That was an interesting character too, the one that uh, the one that Red had oh, to kind yeah, of butter up to get all the redacted yes. information. Uh, really interesting. We we start hearing all these little conspiracy theories about but the government. Not theories. Everything they brought up is a real thing. That's what's kind of scary. MK Ultra is a real thing. We fed acid to government, uh, and I say we we didn't do it. The CIA did. They fed <laughs> acid 
to uh, government scientists without telling them what they were giving them. Mm -hmm. And it was pure LSD. No one knew what the proper dosage was. Nobody figured out you put it on a little piece of paper with a happy smiley face and it goes under your tongue yet. So they would drop two, (laughs) three, four tabs of acid into a guy's drink, not Mm -hmm. tell him that they did it. So they had suicides. There were lawsuits. You can look them up online Mm -hmm. where guys jumped out of windows. They lost their flipping minds. They had no idea. Can you imagine being on four or five tabs of acid and not knowing you were on acid? So your head is doing all the mad acid stuff, but you don't know what's happening. You think you're losing your mind. This is crazy. Yeah, but completely like just like in this show, completely normal people who are being manipulated into feeling certain ways and then losing control. And all this was because the Russians and and and, and the U.S. had become convinced that mm-hmm. the other one had found mind control, had figured it out. Wow. And if you could figure out mind control, you could basically have the guy standing next to the president turn around and shoot him in the head. So that was the that was our rationale. We can do whatever we want to figure this out because the Soviets have figured it out. And the Soviets went, well, hell, the Americans have figured it out, so we'll do whatever we want. Because- who, who would have thought when you were watching the History Channel and saw all of this stuff that it would actually come to use later on? <laughs> You're welcome, America. <laughs> you know, speaking of watching stuff, before we move on, uh, I think now is a good time to take a little commercial break from uh, one of our great sponsors. Wherever you live in this great country of ours, Dish can bring you great TV. From the big city to the farmlands, high on a mountain or low in the valley, Dish delivers all the great movies, shows, and sports you can handle. Monthly packages start at just $19.99 a month for 12 months. This is your day, America. Get Dish and get thousands of TV shows and movies on demand and free installation in up to six rooms. Visit dish.com slash after buzz. That's dish.com slash after buzz. Limited time offer, 24-month commitment and credit qualification required. Cancellation fee and other restrictions apply. Requires a clear view of the Southern Sky. Call for details. Did he just say we can get Dish for just $19.99 a month? Yes, he did, dear. And what do we pay for TV now? A whole lot more than that, dear. And why do we do that? I don't know. Get Dish. Go to dish.com slash afterbuzz. That's dish.com slash afterbuzz. Great. Thank you very much. And also, while we have uh, while we have this moment, let me also just bring up that we are... Hello. There I am. I thought Hi, I kind of heard myself in the background. Yeah. Uh, while we have this moment for a little bit of a break, let me just also bring up iTunes. After all, uh, you uh, most likely you're either listening to us on iTunes or checking us out on AfterBuzzTV.com or on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much. If you are tuning in to us on iTunes, we'd love uh, if you would rate us we love fives right flippa we do like five we do like fives yes and also we'd love to get some uh you know some words of encouragement from you you know feel free to write a little rating in there for us too same thing with youtube i actually have some names on here i should bring up while is it we time have for tickety tickety yeah let's do tickety tickety it's early. time for tickety tickety let's do tickety tickety i got so, some youtubers up here if you got yourself some uh, uh i got the youtubers too but if you oh. want i could pull up itunes real quick right, if you, you do wanna... itunes I'll, I'll shout out some people on youtube shout out. we got jamie nauman Brooke Lee Kilgore, Jason Rosales, uh, Marija. Oh gosh! Well, this is why I make you guys do this. This is why I don't want to do this. Uh, it's about Marija time you do this. Zrilic, Nila zero zero two zero app. Hmm, better Artemis. Life is short. Two one four. Who Did- thinks that Julia is right? So you're my best friend. Yeah. Even though I was a little wrong. Amanda Henderson, MZ mm-hmm. Dames. 
and Mahogany 1985, to name a few. And there's a lot more, and we love you all. Awesome. Great. And uh, some recent ones from iTunes are K. Randall, uh, BM in New York, and, uh, oh, I think that's it, because Love Justified I mentioned last week. So, yeah, thank you very much. And please, yeah, we obviously read your uh, comments, and we'd love to get some more. And also, just the more you rate us and rank us high, uh, you know, the better we can show this to publicists and such and get more people on our show. We haven't really had anyone on Blacklist yet because they shoot on the East Coast, but we're still trying. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's talk some more about conspiracy theories, shall we, Flippa? Let's talk about conspiracy theories. Uh, I like them. <laughs> apparently, you really like them a lot. Well, you know, let's talk. Let's move on to at least um, Lizzie. Uh, well, first of all, what I like about this character too is that he is—he's knocking people down. He—he—he's working in the hospitals, finds out you know these people through counseling sessions, mm-hmm. and then he is pretty much creating the uh, circumstances himself. To drop them down, he's lowering well, their self worth. Three phases. Three phases. Phase one yes. is disruption to your schedule, your routine, your life, etc. Yeah. Phase two is destabilized sense of self worth, mm-hmm. and then phase three is sever primary emotional bonds. Yes. So this is methodical. This is methodical. Well, we noticed with the with the housewife that he uh, that was shooting up the bank in the beginning that she had some allegations uh, you know of Yelp reviews I believe it was all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff that had her lose her job she ended up uh, losing her job over that uh, there damn was, Yelp yeah Yelp. the mafia of the internet <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Yelp. Listen, sit down. I got a question for you about your business. Yeah, totally. You, uh, what should happen? Maybe a firebomb in your business. I don't know. Yeah. Fire. They are absolutely I, the mafia I, I, of the internet. I am yes, now I picturing really a bunch of Italians running Yelp. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> picture what their meetings must be yeah. like. Sit down, sit down. It's time for Yelp meeting. <laughs> Hysterical. Well, we had that other person that we didn't uh, get to see much of, but he said he, uh, he there was some online incriminating messages about him being a pedophile that he oh, wasn't. Yeah, the teacher. And the teacher, yeah, that he he couldn't fight those. They were just came anonymously, and then of course uh, toward the end we saw that one guy, that really nervous guy, Duncan. Who, Duncan Prince, I believe his last name was, who uh, who thought he had this girl he was really into, and then we found out that uh, Creel was catfishing, catfishing her. Him. Oh my God, he was totally catfishing her. That was so awful. But she was hot too, and <laughs> she was. She, that picture of her was hot. But Creel wasn't really hot, as far as well, that. I clearly mean, totally not. Creel is not an attractive woman. But the but the the lady he used, you know, always always talk trash with the catfish and I'm like, how could you fall for this? But then you see the pictures and you see like, you know, I, I guess you know, well, everybody's susceptible to some level of fantasy. We all you know want to believe that somehow or another we've said the right thing for the hottest girl on the planet to be into us. I'm yeah. sure you did. I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah. I, I told, Every time. I said, I, I said all the right words. You said all the right words. All of them in a row. So <laughs> one thing, I, you know, I'm looking this up right now because I didn't know what this thing is, but when uh, when ha- when that guy was uh, catfishing, <laughs> was mm-hmm. being catfished, I guess, is that the term? I think. That he wrote in text, he wrote IDGIS. Oh, yeah, A-S. I meant to look that I-D-G-I-S. up. What does that mean? And we're not just, hip. Oh, I just looked it up. Okay. So it means I don't give an ish. Oh. Although to replace ish with the other word, oh, I don't give up. I'm a, so not hip to what the cool kids are doing I these days. I am not hip mm. to that either. That's amazing. IDGIS. You learn something I new. I wrote that down too. We need, we need the more you know graphic right there. Bumper right there. Learn things, folks. We've been learned. So IDGIS? Yes. I don't give a. I don't give an ish. Yes. 
We'll get ready Lemieux? for me to text that to you we guys all the you, time. We, we straight <laughs> no, it's asked, okay. Stephen Lemieux is producing for us, and we straight <laughs> asked him for the end. The, the more you know, uh, and he wouldn't give it to us. He's like, no, no. You, you get none. We didn't know enough, apparently. It's all good. Anyway. <laughs> So uh, let's let's go to this really awesome scene where Lizzie is putting herself into uh, into you know into the line of fire with this guy. She's putting herself up as a perp, as as a as a possible perp for him uh, to uh, to investigate to mold into one of his subjects, and she gets interviewed by him. Can I tell you that I like this rebranding of Lizzie? That they're doing this season. She's kind of more badass. She seems very badass. And they on younger that. down. They they said, okay, we didn't it, we olding her up, aging her up didn't work as much to make, to just to take her seriously. So I think they've decided to go completely opposite direction. They you know the, the wig is gone, the hair is hers. She's got they're wearing she's got wearing tight pants all the time or leggings, and you know we're we're doing like the computer programmer thing yeah. for for Haskell's house and little things that they're doing to kind of make her hot and young. I think you're smart. I think it's a good call. Mm. My favorite Lizzie episodes in uh, season one was when she would go undercover and create different characters and, and get into the minds of, of um, our blacklisters. So yeah. I love it when she does that. And we got it twice in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. As the little nerdy blogger and now yeah. as Angela, the drugged up, depressed lady. I liked her as the Angela. <laughs> I, I happen to like her as Angela. Was Angela's totally a girl I would have dated in high school. No, it's perfect. No <laughs> See, you, there you, you know go. It is. I, I do didn't. know what he's talking about. Definitely. I kind of liked Angela. No question. I was there. It's true. Angela, how angry at your dad are you? <laughs> <laughs> we should definitely go out. <laughs> uh, I'm fairly certain we can solve these problems but, by you know, fighting. It was, he did, guys. <laughs> but, you know, even though, she had a, even though she had a profile... Uh, to you know, to show Creel, to show that she had this extreme warrior gene and she was the perfect candidate for him. Uh, you know, during the interview, we got to figure out, like, we got to hear a lot of stuff from her. Well, he is a psychologist, after all. Well, I mean, he, he he got into her head, and you could see that she was willing to let him go there too. Like, she was actually, I think, part of it was the case, and part of it was like, let's go there, let's figure this out. Maybe he can help me out too. Mm-hmm. I, I actually felt like it was a bit of tit, tit for tat there, a little bit of uh, you know, you. Uh, you, uh, you, you know, I'm trying to figure out the case, but also I'm trying to figure myself out at the same time. So why don't I take while advantage here, of this while I'm here? Might as well. Might and that was the Do best. you think she was expecting that, though? I, I mean, don't, I don't think so. Well, isn't that her deal? She she's was, a profiler, so she's got a background in this. She's got to know this was coming. I guess. She was pretty willing to give it up, knowing full well that think, Aram and Samar were listening in yeah, the truck. I think she also realized that if she really, really just kept lying, like she put too many lies out there, that he would probably be able to read her. I and mean, yeah. she's pretty messed up as it is, so might as well use what you got. But yeah. that's the thing. Like, Otherwise, if, he'll see through you. Yeah, mm. And when she said Tom, I was surprised when she actually used her husband's name. But then I'm thinking about it going, you know, it's a, it's a name. It's yeah. a fairly generic name. And, and why why muddle it up? With uh, you know, with with, with a lie when mm. when uh, when you got you, you, right there, you can get caught real easily. So I mean, I guess that makes sense. Well, even Sar- Sar- um, Samar, Samar and Aram, I just added oh. them together. I said Saram. Saram. Maybe that should be the couple name. Oh, they did Saram. get a little flirty flirt. Well, they even oh. had little. They even had a little bet going on as to whether or mm-hmm. not Lizzie was was talking about her real life or not. So, uh, which, which obviously later on we saw Samar covering that up after she gave the file to Lizzie and figured out that it was true. Yeah, and then she gave the 200 bucks to Aram to, uh, yeah, to, to cover. To cover for it, so Aram was like, I knew she wasn't telling the ha, truth. Ha, here's your $200 significant look to the side. <laughs> and then poor Aram, uh, winner buys, and she just walks away. 
Oh, Ron. Oh, Ron. Yeah, That's goes okay. to bed all alone. That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. The season is young. But anyway, I thought it was a really, you know, again, this guy's really creepy, and we see, uh, you know, she's doing this also to try and get information off his computer, get a password mm-hmm. so they can get access to the computer, and uh, really good save uh, as far as a uh, moment when he figures out that she went into her bag and assumes it was for scripts. Well, she laid that in there because she took the script. She took the page. Oh, because she took the page. She took two pages off his uh, off his uh, his prescription tablet. So she to write it down. You know, you call it low hanging fruit, right? When editors do it for for directors, they you know they, they usually leave in something glaring, so a director can take a look at their mm. first pass and go, oh well, you got to fix that, and they go, oh yeah, good catch, and they fix that so that the, the director feels like he was involved. So she had some low hanging fruit for yeah. him. Same kind of thing. Like right, I'll be very clear that that I took these pieces, so you can you, you're not going to think about your laptop. You're thinking about your scripts. That makes sense. I, I mean, I, I you know I didn't look at it that way, but that makes I was probably writing notes right that that moment. But yeah, that makes total sense. But yeah, still great cover. We actually thought that she ripped up the password. And how good was he at that moment too? When he when he got strong, he got big, and oh, he, he got, got up. Scary. In her, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, there's the blacklister. Yeah, yeah. yeah he got up in her grill. Mm-hmm. Well, again, it, there's not you know he's not all there. Obviously. obviously, I mean he's he's reaching out to this uh, to Sheridan to send another Sheridan. You know, even though Sheridan's not talking back to him, you know, answering him back, and he's still on this. I mean, we said it before, this guy left the project and he still can't let go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and he's dealing with dangerous people. For you know, these these are normal people, but he's pretty much triggering them to become dangerous people. So you would have to imagine that he kind of has that too. He has that ability too to be dangerous. I would assume. You would hope. Absolutely. I would assume. But anyway, so uh, so Lizzie gets the password. They figure out um, they figure out his next target or 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 his next candidate. Uh, and they end up figuring out the location, which is where Senator Sheridan, who uh, Creel has been trying to meet the whole episode, is going to be at on a rally for... Uh, about a gun violence community forum. Yes, a gun violence community forum. And, uh, you know, he actually has, obviously, he sets it up so that this poor schlub, looking for his girlfriend, for his catfish girlfriend, starts shooting up the place right around the time that uh, Creel is making his speech. Mm-hmm. So, But what was really interesting was Creel wants to get shot. Creel wants to die because he realizes the no one's listening to him. He's just some kook. Well, he wants to be heard. Yeah. You know, his, he wants his research out there. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of smart. I guess he's kind of smart. <laughs> I guess. But again, you know, it's an odd blacklister because unlike some of the other blacklisters that, that Red has gone for, these are people who have businesses. These are people who operate. They're not looking to kill themselves just to further their cause. Mm-hmm. Well, and, it, you know, it, it, he's unique in the blacklister so far because he's he's uh, confused about his own place in the ecosystem. And that is, and that is, I think, that that's the fundamental, uh, you know, that's the crux of the character is that he believes that if, if he's able to get in front of this community forum and then the shooting happens at the same time, that is going to totally flip mm. public perspective on this and his research is going to get funded and he's going to become a big yeah. deal. And it's, it's to me, you know, I, 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 that's just a complete misunderstanding of, 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 uh, of everything about us, about American society. Like, no, absolutely not. That's yeah. not going to happen. There were a, a ton of uh, kindergartners shot and we didn't, we didn't shift on gun control. Mm. So we don't, we don't shift anymore. Because of something that happens, we're we're it's a freight train is so going. So you're saying it's a little implausible. This theory. Yeah, well, that was the whole thing. Is so yeah. so instead of being like a plausible blacklist, I don't I almost don't believe he belongs on the list because it's it. I mean, I get it and I understand it, but it, it seems to me like the other guys all have viable businesses, business plans. Like you're actually doing something to make money to further your business. Well, yeah. Except for him, it's like it's just kind of like this sad, pathetic. I, I believe that I have this answer to this question, and I'm willing to willing to maneuver 
over all these people and manipulate all these people in the hopes that this one thing will happen. Hmm. It's never going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, it's it's really interesting when you think about how creepy this whole thing is that people can actually manipulate normal folks if they have a certain, you know, gene in their DNA to creating these violent crimes, it sounds like a very dangerous weapon. If someone actually knew how to make this into a business, you know, or, or how to reach people, you know, you can do this overseas. You can do this in other countries and set people off, innocent people that start tearing up places. But yet it's in the hands of this, this schlubby scientist who's a little dangerous. But, you know, he's probably more of a threat to himself at this point as well, because no one's listening to him. He's, he's being labeled a kook by most people. And, uh, you know, he's dangerous. But imagine if that came to the hands of, let's say, Red's adversary, for example. Or let's say, let's say you know, Berlin. Let's say someone else. Just imagine that. That could be a very, very dangerous weapon. Well, that's the whole concept between uh, behind Minority Report also, right, is the idea that you would do the crime, that you're getting in trouble for a crime before you even do the crime. So it's like this the idea that oh, genetically God. you're predisposed to this crime, right, which, you know, whatever. But I, I, I kind of wonder about this. Like, the, the things he did, I wonder, you know, do you have to have the warrior gene to ha- react negatively to this? I mean, I, I don't know. Like the things he did to these people, it's so, like the, the lady in the beginning, that was terrible. Yeah, right. She he destroys her relationship, gets her fired, destroys her relationship, and gets her house foreclosed on. And you know, so he's poke, poke, poke. And I, I wonder how many people would react. I mean, I, I can't imagine there's one gene that's going to make you go shoot people. Well, he's done some terrible stuff to her. I don't think the next time something awful happens in the news, people are going to say, "Well, they must have had the warrior right? seen warrior gene." Yeah. I, I, you know, this this I don't know how far fetched this whole thing is, or if this was created by the writers, or how true. I mean. Some of it probably is based on truth. But uh, I, I'm guessing that perhaps there are certain kinds of people that are more apt to losing control in this kind of manner, at the very least. And scientifically, you know, who knows? It could be a way to figure that out. It's sort of taking away one's free will, right? If his if his plan came into effect that you get them young and you label them hmm. off the bat. And so if you go through life knowing that you are violent, that you you are ready to be an assassin, you just yeah. need the right trigger yeah. that's setting you up for it and takes away I think it takes away the idea for you. Yeah, I mean people play mind games all the time. People can be manipulated all the time, but I think for the most part a, a person who doesn't care, you know, doesn't have those kinds of uh, bad morals would ever do something they they no. don't want to do. So it's sort of like a nature versus nurture as well. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, anyway, so uh, so we see this little standoff where Creel wants to get shot, and uh, you know they end up saving they end up uh, they end up saving the day more or less. But Lizzie gets in there, and Lizzie ends up having a gun mm-hmm. put to her by Creel, and Creel just pretty much says, "Well, if if I shoot her, you're going to have to shoot me. So either way, I die." And uh, and my work lives on, whatever warped mentality he has there. And uh, at that moment, he decides to share something with Lizzie, share w- his results of her file, of what he determined from her, mm-hmm. and th- and some truth about her, perhaps, that will be very, very important for all of us, as for her, for us as the viewers, trying to figure this whole give darn an thing answer, up give me an answer, give me an about answer. the fire when she was four years old and her parents and all this stuff. And, and... Shot to the head. And, of course... We figure it has something to do with red, and lo and behold, it's our our good looking guy, hot motel sniper guy. It's the hot motel sniper guy, what? Julia's new crush. What's behind door number three, Jet? It's hot motel sniper guy. <laughs> Have you ever wandered so around lucky. a cheap, seedy hotel late in the afternoon and found a hot guy just following you? <laughs> it's normal. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. That's what he's there for. I would assume, I wonder if he had like a parabolic mic or something as well, because he, he knew exactly <laughs> the right know. moment. He's like, oh, uh, not, not yet. Uh, uh, not yet. Okay, okay now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right now. 
I just love the idea that he follows Lizzie around with his sniper rifle 24-7. That gives it very easy to take a sniper rifle anywhere you need to go. Yeah, well, we discover that he's Red's employee, which I believe Julia predicted. Uh, Julia, I think you predicted that one. Did I predict that? No, I predicted that he worked for Berlin like Tom did. Oh, okay. It was still a mighty fine prediction. It was just (laughs) wrong. I, I want to point out that the, the worth of predictions is not based on whether or not they come true. It's based on how remarkably weird they are. <laughs> it was a good I, prediction. I follow that I follow that rule myself, actually. <sighs> but anyway, so Red has hired this guy, a uh, hot motel sniper guy, yep. to uh, be uh, to follow her around. And, and we're assuming now that that's the guy in the hoodie, even though it looks a lot like Tom Keene, that that was probably also the guy in the hoodie in the past couple of episodes that we, see, we even saw him this episode in a car. The guy with the hoodie? Following Lizzie, we saw him in the car in this episode. Yeah, for like a split second, I saw him. Oh, yeah, it. It, it, been yeah it was really quick. I actually rewound it and, oh, okay. and saw it. It was really, really quick. But yeah, so he was the mysterious guy that we've been seeing, uh, who's been following Lizzie. Lizzie, of course, doesn't want him around. But I was right that he's there to protect her, not harm her. Yes, you were right. So about I'm halfway that. right. Yeah, okay, you can say that. I'll take some rightness and anyway. yeah, you I can, can take some it. rightness. Take half a right. Take so we got to wrap this up because we started a little bit late today. But I do want to bring up the last shot because I thought that was a very interesting shot. After her conversation with Red, uh, we see Lizzie uh, at the very end. Well, you know what? We, we skipped over the whole Frank thing, too. I want to bring that up really quick, too, because oh, yeah. Frank, we talked a little bit about and it. And Mr. Vargas coming back. And Mr. Vargas Mr. Vargas, Vargas back. we now know, hates the sight of blood and is an animal lover. Absolutely. And he I, will clean up poop if he breaks into your house and your dog has hat everywhere. I hope we see a lot more of him. I thought he was awesome. And, of so course, funny. Frank is such a freaking, you know, jerk. He's cheating on Naomi. This is, again, TV, TV drama. This is TV morality. It's yeah. so goofy. They shoot everyone on this show. Red wax people left and right. He does deals with petty warlords who have child soldiers. And we're all like, that's cool. Don't cheat on your wife. Yeah. That's where I draw the line. I love, well, don't cheat on your wife. I agree with you, but I'm just <laughs> saying it's, it's hilarious that Red becomes the moral center. Like, all of a sudden, he's the Pope. I don't know. We we got. I got to mention. Uh, I, I just love him getting the stick and putting it to Frank's <laughs> oh, neck, so just like that. Like a moment, just in a moment, he just changes into that. And then with uh, with uh, his mistress's dog, Frank's mistress's dog, he's just like, "Go get it, boy." Oh, city dog. <laughs> it was so it was just funny. so awesome seeing Red go from that from one extreme to another like like that with a snap of the he's fingers. He's good at the acting thing. Um, he's he's good at he, that he acting. He wins thing. acting. He wins the he's acting thing. Good at that acting thing, and he convinces Frank to uh, to actually move his life with uh, with Naomi. Yep. Carla Reddington. I would say uh, Frank didn't have much of a choice. He didn't have much of a choice. Mm, nope. And uh, you know, he his job is to make Naomi happy. That's yes. what he's there for. That's Who cares function. about his happiness? Who cares about it? You know, he might not have been happy. He might have wanted to leave Naomi for this uh, for this other woman. But, damn it, he's got a new job. So, Like it or not, my so, man. And, of course, uh, of course, with her gone and Frank gone, we Lizzie doesn't know anything else. I mean, she has that one great scene again and toward the end with oh. Naomi where she figures she out where Naomi her, is. Yes. Because Frank can't stop calling his mistress. And, uh, <laughs> and Red goes in there right before anything. Nothing's going to get spoken. So obviously, you know, Lizzie's still kind of in the dark. She gets a little more, one more little tete-a-tete with the woman who may be related to her in some kind of way. The only thing we really get from that conversation, the only thing I got from that conversation was Red is not who you think he is. Yes. You know, that's the only... But people keep thinking he's not his father, so I, that's, that's the other reason. That. I, I say it's the father thing. 
But anyway, let's move on because we, we really are running tight here. Uh, so, so the last shot, I want to talk about this because it was like out of nowhere. We see Lizzie sitting down with holding keys like over her finger. Like? And she's looking boiler at a door. Thing. She's looking at a boiler room door. Yeah. Was it like a little safe or was it a door to, a, to another room? I thought it was something in the corner. Well, you know, I feel like this is a perfect segue to predictions. That was a segue. Excellent. <laughs> I, I should have given a little more clue, but that's fine. So I think it's a perfect segue for predictions yes. because we don't know what's behind that door. We don't know what Lizzie's looking at. idea. Well, what, you got what's, an idea? what's your idea, idea. Julia? Even though I stated before the show even started that I have zero predictions this week. <laughs> well, um, it's possible you have one. I think maybe it's Tom back there. I think maybe she tracked him down and that she's keeping him, just like she said she mm. when she was talking to Dr. Creel, chained up, forcing him to tell her all the answers. Yeah. Maybe Ooh. he's back there. Ooh, she's got Tom chained up in the room? Maybe I do have a prediction. You, you do, do have a prediction. <laughs> this is the definition of a prediction. I did it. Excellent job. Two okay. weeks in a row. Well, we'll <laughs> two, weeks in a row that, two weeks in a row that you have a prediction. <laughs> Everybody, Julia has a prediction for two weeks in a row. Oh. The streak lives on. Oh. Look out, Jeter. Uh, <laughs> the fantasy football app does that. You're a streak one week in a row. Why, why are you saying that for me? Uh, Joe, uh, before I... I blew my prediction earlier, but I'm just going to re- reiterate it. I'm going to iterate again. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that Jennifer, whoever she is, and Lizzie are twins. And I believe that they were separated. And and when Naomi and Red went their separate ways, one got one and the other got the other, and it was Prince and the Popper action, and mm. that's what's going on. I think that would make sense because mm-hmm. I, I would assume that Jennifer has to be about the same age as Lizzie, so I, I would think uh, that would make kind of some sense to me. Yeah, that you would make sense. And I don't know yeah. what's behind the door. I'd be annoyed no by idea. it. Uh, but you know, it makes sense. Maybe a little bit older. <laughs> You'd be, you be agitated. Idea. Well, <laughs> I, I kind of agree with Julia. I mean, you were first, so you can take the credit for that if you really oh, want to. But I felt I but I actually. <laughs> but I actually think maybe she has Tom. I actually think that when she was talking about what she would do to Tom and she'd have him handcuffed and get all the secrets out of him, that she did just that. It's just a matter of, you know, when we saw him uh, at the end of last season, how she managed to capture yeah, she's him. had this source, you know? She's getting inside information. Yeah. But don't forget it. So, yeah. Which I predicted last week. But don't forget that a source. Tied up. Chained. Well, I yeah. said that he was her source. Yeah. I didn't know if she knew it or not. But, you know, mm. a source is usually good when a source is out in the world to actually get information. Right. Tom he's been, chained up would be He's chained limited. up. Might be limited. So that's why I don't know if he's a source. But I do think that perhaps she is talking to him. Ooh, I like the idea of her having him in the... In the, in the kind oh, of, me too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's I'm the question I would... Yeah. That's a yeah. great idea, Lizzie. So, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much... You will tell me things, Mr. <laughs> Fezzer. <laughs> Nice. I think that's pretty much it for this show. Uh, well, you know what, Joe? Where can we find you during uh, you the week? You can find me on on the Facebooks and on the Twitter um, I, at uh, Joe Flippo, J O E F L I P O. I am my website is josephsanflippo.com. Awesome. And Julia? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram with my name, which is Julia Carely, J-U-L-I-A-C-E-A-R-L-E-Y. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at. Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. <laughs> you can also find me here on various AfterBuzz shows like uh, The Walking Dead and Homeland and Scorpion. And uh, and Joe Braswell, who's not here, you could find him at Joe K. Braswell on Twitter and uh, yeah, also Instagram. various other shows, too, at Instagram as well. And otherwise, uh, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Tune in next week where we'll have some more exciting Blacklist action. Woo-hoo. Thank you. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.